Please turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to only read three verses this afternoon. Many times in the New Testament, we see themes within books. And at the end of the book, there is general instruction, short, pithy instructions to the church. This is the section we are in right here, where there is a number of encouragements for the church. And we're going to look at one this afternoon regarding hospitality. So Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 it says there, let brotherly, brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body." Brothers and sisters in the Lord, back in the 60s, there was a famous song that was written by the Doors called People Are Strange. And it's an interesting song. It's a song that many know even today, but it talks about the difficulty of being a stranger. A couple of phrases from that song, faces look ugly when you are alone. Another section says, streets are uneven when you are down. Now, a lot of you probably can sing that song. It was super popular 40 years ago. It's popular today. But brothers and sisters, really, I think it's popular. The reason it's popular is because it expresses an experience that we all have felt. To be a stranger, to be an outsider, Now, children, maybe you've experienced this when you've gone to a new school or you went to school for the first time and you were the only kid in the class that no one knew. That's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? Going into that classroom the first day. Maybe some of you guys are going to be going to school in a couple of weeks, and that's a little scary. You feel like a a stranger. As adults, we, we sometimes have this, don't we? When you begin a new job, when you are on the job for the first day and you don't know anyone there and you know you got to fit in with all these people, you feel like that stranger. Maybe if you have immigrated to this country, you remember the time when you felt very, very vulnerable, when you didn't speak the language, when you felt like a, a bit of an idiot. Remember when we first went to Mexico, I remember the family that I lived with there, I remember the five year old saying to his mom, Mom, why is it that this gringo doesn't understand anything that we say to him? You feel dumb. You feel like a stranger. You feel like you don't fit in. Now, today our theme is learning to love strangers. And it's taken from our text where it says, 
Do not neglect to show hospitality. Do not neglect to show love to strangers. And as you know, brothers and sisters, this passage is found in a very, very rich section of Scripture. Romans 12 speaks about the race that the Christian is running. It talks about how we are running this race. And for anyone who knows what running is like, if you've been in a race, you, you know how difficult it can be, especially if it's a long distance race. It's something that you gear up for. It's something that you train for. It's something that you need to be mentally prepared for. But even when that day arrives, you know that it's going to be taxing. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be something that is easy. And you might begin to run well. You might do well the first kilometer or two. But pretty soon, your body begins to break down. Pretty soon, you're not able to, you don't have that same energy. Making it to the finish line is not an easy thing to do, especially if it's a long-distance run. And that example is used, right? It's, ex- ex- it's an example that we can understand where it says, look, this is the, the Christian life that you are called to. This is the, the difficult life that the Christian is called to. Run with endurance. Run with endurance. But remember this. You are looking to someone, there is a help. You are looking to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. So we run, yes, we run with difficulty. Yes, we run even when we are tired. But we're looking always to Jesus. And here in this context, we understand that this passage is given. And it says in our passage, it says, don't grow weary in this. Don't grow faint-hearted. It says, do not neglect this very important part of the Christian life. So, brothers and sisters, we're going to see this this afternoon that the church of Jesus Christ is to be a place that shows the love, his love, in a very tangible way. We're going to look at this very practically. How do we do this? And the first thing that I want you to see with me this afternoon is that showing love to those in the church and showing love to strangers are two very different things. Look with me at chapter 13, verse 1. It says there, let brotherly love continue. So the church, brothers and sisters, time and time again is encouraged to show the love of Jesus within the church itself. John 13, 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this is where Christian love is to be practiced. This is where Christian love is to be shown. And brothers and sisters, we can say that within the church, this is where we are to have true friendships. People who have your back, people who know you well, people that you interact with regularly. It's essential for us as a church to to gel together. And sometimes in the church today, this isn't always an easy thing, is it? 
Sometimes in the church, because we're so separated from one another, oftentimes we, we drive in to one central place, and a lot, of time, a lot of times there's very little interaction during the week. Maybe here in Aylmer, it's a, a little bit different. It's a, it's a smaller community, and that's a blessing. But a lot of places like Branford, where, where we are from, everybody's driving in, everybody's moving, they come and see each other on Sundays, but there isn't always that natural gelling that should take place. And this needs to be something that we practice in the church. It needs to be a place where the love of Christ is tangibly shown. And I pray this afternoon that this is something that is happening in this body where people invite each other over regularly. You know, sometimes in church it can be a place that we meet together, that we say hello to a lot of people. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lot of good interaction between the families. Sometimes it can be a lot about family itself, cousins and uncles and aunts and parents having children over. And brothers and sisters, there's a time and place for that. But the, the love of Jesus Christ has to extend beyond those borders. We need to be, as a church, inviting each other over. And it says here, let that continue. And that's something again and again that we see the New Testament church encouraged in, don't we? Where you, you take the time to get to know one another. You talk about food and fellowship. Sometimes I, I don't think as a church we have enough time, planned times where we're actually sitting down and enjoying just that fellowship, that natural conversation. Finding out about each other, interacting with one another, playing games together. The church is to be a place where deep, genuine friendships are built. Where, where people really know you personally. People know the things you're struggling with. People know the things that, that are going on in your life. And oftentimes we're individualistic today, aren't we? We, we? we like to live in our own cozy little environment, but people don't know that much about us. And as a church, we need to strive for this brotherly love. That's the idea, right? A, a brother is somebody who's close to you, somebody who sits beside you, somebody who knows you well. And that's essential in the church. One of the things that we've just recently started in Living Water is a games night on Monday nights. I pray that that takes off. It's, it's a, an interesting thing. Just to invite people over. It's a, it's a great way to evangelize as well. Just sit down and play a board game together. Other ways that we can do this. Retreats are a wonderful blessing. In our ministry in Mexico for many years, twice a year we would go away for a two-day retreat. Fantastic times. You know, church picnics are amazing, brothers and sisters, but imagine two days of a church picnic where you have planned activities, having fun together, getting to know each other. It's a great way for those things to be built up, those relationships to grow. Church camping, another thing we've just recently done in our church, we did it last weekend. Fantastic time. I said to my wife afterwards, I think I spent more time with people over three days than I had in a, the whole previous year. So the church is to be a place where, where brotherly love grows. But it's interesting here in our passage 
that a, a difference is made, isn't there? It says, let brotherly love continue, and in a sense, we can say that this is the place we are to practice love in a practical way within the church. But then it goes, keeps going, and it says, well, there's more to showing love than just in the church. And it says here, do not neglect to show what? Hospitality to strangers. Now, why is this so important? Why is this something that is necessary in the church? Well, it says in our passage that there are people all around us that don't know the gospel. There are people all around us that perhaps have never heard the good news of Jesus. And that's something, as we saw this morning, that's something that we are to share with those around us. And it says here, don't neglect this area. This is an important part of running the race. This is an important part of following Jesus Christ. This is something that the church is called to do. And if you're a a Christian this afternoon, you know this. You know that you have been forgiven from your sins. You know that Jesus Christ has called you to live a life that is no longer just for yourself. You see, when we don't know the Lord, what is it that we do? How is it that we live our life? Well, we do what comes very naturally to us, don't we? We do things that please ourselves. We do things that we think are going to make us happy. You know, if it's a a sport that you have, you follow that and you give it your all, you don't think of anything else, maybe that's the thing that consumes you. Maybe it's your entertainment, maybe it's something else in your life. But when we come to Christ, when we understand what he has done for us, we understand that we're no longer to live just for our own desires, are we? We're now called to, to show his love to others. We're now called to live In fact, for the good of our neighbor. If we we love Jesus Christ, the reality is we have to show that love to others as well. So we can say, brothers and sisters, that this is a, a part of our DNA. We are to be people who are looking for opportunities, people who are looking for ways to show the love of Christ. And we need to say and be clear about this. This is not optional. Now, sometimes I think we have the idea, well, there are those who have that special gift. You know, my, my pastor, he's a, he's a great guy. Man, he has a lot of people over. Man, I am so glad that he loves people as much as he does. You know, that's why we called him. Great guy. But sometimes in our minds, we tend to think, well, it's, it's good for the pastor, maybe the elders, or, you know, those guys who are super spiritual that's their job, that really is not something that I have to do or that I'm called to do. But brothers and sisters, that is not the teaching of the New Testament, that is not the teaching of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we see time and time again, they were called to love those, the stranger within their gate. There's a a passage in the New Testament that really makes it very clear. It's an uncomfortable passage. A passage that when I read it, it, it's not something that we like to hear. But Matthew 25, it says this. It says, come, 
speaking of the separation between the sheep and the goats, speaking of those who are going to heaven and those who are going to hell, and it says this, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why? For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Now, brothers and sisters, when you read that passage, I think our theological antennae go up, don't they? We right away begin to think, well, it begins to sound like, we think it sounds like what Jesus is saying is that somehow we are earning the right to go to heaven as if salvation could be earned. And we need to be very clear that that's not what Jesus is saying. It's not that for those who do these things, they will automatically be saved. No. But what Jesus is saying is that this is the evidence of Christ's work in your life. This is a substantial way of authenticating those who truly know what it means to follow the Lord. And this is what our passage is teaching us as well. It's saying, do not neglect this. Do not grow weary in this. Our love should be so great for those who are outside the church, those who are lost in their sin, those who are still in the darkness, that it is as if we are suffering with them in prison. Look with, what, with me at verse 3. It says, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. So in other words, our love for those outside, brothers and sisters, is to be so great that we should have such a heart for the lost that we would suffer thinking about them under the burden and weight of their sin. We saw this morning in Romans 1 verse 16 the, the power of the gospel, didn't we? We saw that, that Christ is, is changing lives today, that Christ is building his church today. So we need to see that this is something that every one of us is called to do, something that we are privileged to do, to extend the love of Jesus Christ, to show to others the love that he has shown to us, to express to others through hospitality, what Christ has done in our own life. So the question is, how do we do this? How do we do this? If this is the calling that we have been given, what are the, the practical ways that as a church we can be doing this today? Well, let me give you some ideas. Four things. First of all, take time for people. Take time for people. What do I mean? A long time ago, the, the Beatles sang a song, that Lonely Hearts Club. There's a lot of lonely people in this world. 
You know, the Beatles didn't get it right on very many things, but in that phrase, they did get it right. And as I said this morning, I think in the day that we're living right now, brothers and sisters, there are a tremendous number of people all around us that are extremely lonely. We, we live in a society that is fragmenting more and more where people are less and less connected. And I think during COVID that happened times 10. Take time for people. One of the things that struck us and strikes us still coming back to our own culture in Canada is that oftentimes we are in such a hurry that we have very, a very difficult time in simply greeting someone for more than 30 seconds. In Mexico, when you, when you see somebody in the street that you know, you will, you will say hello to them, but you will not only say hello to them, normally you will give them a hug, you'll give them a, a firm handshake with the ladies. If you know them, you'll give them a kiss on the cheek. It's a, it's a very warm greeting. But it's not just that. What you'll do next is you'll ask that person about how they're doing, how their family is doing, how, your extended, how their extended family is doing. Brothers and sisters, those are, 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 are small ways that, that we get to know each other. And I think sometimes in our own culture, sometimes in our own setting here, we're, we're so busy going from one thing to the next, we, we don't have the time for people. So first of all, simply slow down. One of the, the things that has struck us recently as we've met a, a lot of new immigrants to the country is that many of them have said to us that they have never been inside the home of a Canadian family, ever. Some of them have been here 10, 15 years. They have never been invited into somebody's home. So take the time for people, people who don't speak English very well. Let me tell you, after learning a, a second language, I'm a lot more patient with people who don't speak English very well. I used to be quite abrupt. Let me tell you, I remember the people, we remember the people that took time for us and instructed us in the language. How thankful we are. Now we're fluent in Spanish. That's a wonderful thing, but that was only through the help of a lot of people. Take time for people, immigrants, people who are in your workplace. Ask them about themselves. Show an interest in people. One of the things that that I've seen time and time again, you talk to sociologists about this, they will tell you people love to talk about themselves. Simply ask them who they are, where they come from, what's going on in their life. People will tell you. Sometimes I think, brothers and sisters in the church even, there's, there's like a, a, a three-minute or a five-minute barrier we, we know how to say hello. We, need, we know how to talk about the weather. We know how to get into things a little bit. How you doing? But really, getting beyond that point oftentimes doesn't happen. Take time for people. Recently, I was in a train station. Had to wait for a whole hour. You know, sometimes we tend to get impatient and, you know, you want to get things done. One of the things that, that we need to learn sometimes is that when we're delayed for a reason, maybe God has a reason for delaying you and putting you in that place for more time than you want to be. 
Missionaries need to learn that. Missionaries get very, very frustrated going to new countries because it's terrible. They, you know, they, they see themselves standing in line all day. They say, well, we want to be here for the gospel. Someone was telling me this recently. And they realize that by taking the time for people, God gave them opportunities all over the place because God put them in a line between two or four people that they could talk with maybe for an hour or two. I had this recently on a, on a train train station, hour and a half, talked to a man by the name of Eric from Kenya. Had one of the most interesting conversations. He had grown up as a Christian, but he had all sorts of questions about the Christian faith. He wanted to know all sorts of things about the reality of the gospel. He had walked away from the Lord, full-time musician. He just texted me last week or the week before, and he said, Rich, he says, I'm going to be uh, in... in uh, uh, in Chicago, he says, is there any way we can connect again? But brothers and sisters, simply taking the time for people is a, is a great way to begin. Secondly, share food with them. Showing love to strangers means that we're willing to give of ourselves. And putting ourselves in relationship with people means that we have to be willing to invite them into our homes. You know, sometimes that may seem scary to us, but when you look at the history of the church, this is what the church of Jesus Christ has always done. When you look at the, the way the gospel spread in the New Testament, very interesting, it spread from home to home, people opening their homes, people willing to invite others in. And we need to, to develop this ability as a, as a church. You know, and sometimes I think we... As Dutch people, especially, many of us come from that background. Sometimes we like to have all of our ducks in a row. We need to have the house perfectly clean. We, we need to, to, to put kind of our best foot forward. Let me in, suggest to you this afternoon, that's probably not a good thing. In fact, I know it's not a good thing. It's probably good if you invite people over when you have that messy house. But God is calling us to show hospitality. It means that this is something that is to happen not just once in a while, this is something that we are to do regularly. And if you think you're going to have your house in order all of the time, everybody knows that's not the case. But to be honest, that makes people feel very comfortable when they see that you're just a normal person. But brothers and sisters, invite people into your home and then let God lead the conversation. Let God lead. You know, sometimes when we have people over, new people in, we, we feel like, okay, this is, you know, we, we've got to spring the gospel on them. Brothers and sisters, be natural about yourself, with who you are, with the, the gifts that you have. If you're a shy person or a quiet person or you have certain interests, it's okay to communicate in that way. Everybody doesn't have to be an extrovert but use the gifts that God has given you, the interests to speak about your life. Open your life and your world to them. And again, learn to interact with others about where they're at, the things that they're experiencing, their past, especially immigrants. It's, it's amazing the stories that they have to tell. But let God lead the conversation let it be natural. Let it be normal. Sometimes it's better not even to talk about the gospel right away the first time you have someone in. 
Maybe if God opens the door, yes, but if it's just a normal visit and you're showing the love of Jesus Christ through food and you're showing that love to them, maybe that's a great first step. Maybe it's going to be down the road. One of the things that we're doing in our area in Hamilton is that there is a great ministry for international students where you're able to invite international students to come over for Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter. And, and they set up the, the students, the students sign up for it. It's really, really neat. Uh, we've done it a number of times over the years. You don't know who you're going to get. Might be a whole group of Indian students, might be a whole group of Iranian students. Last time we had seven Iranian students in our home. I think only one knew about the gospel. We didn't get into a lot of theological discussions. We just simply talked with them. We explained who we were, that we were Christians. I read the the Christmas story with them. But brothers and sisters, these are just very natural ways to, to invite people in and to show them what it is that we believe. So God calls us to hospitality. God calls us to take time for people to share our lives in our homes. And brothers and sisters, sometimes with the the antagonism towards Christianity today, going forward, this may be the best way to show what it is that we believe as a church. Because when people come into your home and they begin to see genuine love, there is no way to deny that what you are showing to them. So brothers and sisters, don't neglect this area. Embrace this area of your life. Enjoy this. Because this is part of running the race. It's part of living a life of faith. So finally, what is the blessing that we receive in doing this? Well, kids, I don't know if you've ever wondered what it would be like to meet an angel. Now, I've often wondered why God doesn't send angels, you know, to preach on Sundays. It would be a lot easier for pastors, let me tell you. But here it says, listen, there is a real possibility of meeting an angel. You know how? by showing hospitality to people that you do not know. And if you go to Genesis 18, Genesis 19, it speaks of how Abraham and how Lot both opened their doors, opened their tent door, had food prepared for people that they did not know. It turned out that they were angels. And brothers and sisters, when we talk about the blessing of showing hospitality, we can honestly say we have no idea who it is that we are going to be inviting into our homes. So invite knowing that you may just invite an angel not knowing. But brothers and sisters, there is also, brothers and sisters, there is also a special blessing in giving to those who are in need. The Bible says it is better to give than to receive. This is something that we have seen in our own life on the mission field when our kids gave away a toy 
it's amazing how much, how much more joy they had in giving that toy away than receiving a toy. And this is something that we need to be reminded of as adults, that giving away, giving our time away, serving the Lord is such a blessing. Yesterday, our church had something called Day in the Park. And we go out and have a, a little carnival in different parks throughout Brantford. What a, what a tremendous blessing it is. It's well-planned. There's a, a lunch that's served. But we saw people from all backgrounds, nations from around the world were there. We talked to one man, Christian man, came from Pakistan. He was mentioning some of the things that were going on in his country, but he just spoke of what a joy it was to come out and see Christians showing that kind of love in the park. And it's amazing every time you go to an event, every time you're involved in evangelism, every time you're involved in missions and you're giving things away, you're giving your time, you're giving your energy, when you're blessing others as you have been blessed, there's a tremendous blessing, there's a spiritual high that we're given. And brothers and sisters, we need to remember this in the church. Today we're living in times where it's all about ourselves. It's all about our stuff. It's all about having the, the next best thing. And it's so easy for the church to get consumed with just the things that we own, the, the things that we enjoy. About vacations and motorhomes and Brothers and sisters, these things are not bad in themselves. But we can begin to live for these things. We can begin to be consumed by these things. Pretty soon, our timetables are so full that we're, we really don't have time for anyone else in their life. And let me encourage you this afternoon. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't neglect this very important calling to love those around you. And again, you have all sorts of people, people that perhaps you have never even thought of, that you could invite into your home, people that have needs, people that perhaps are, are new to the country. Go out on a limb, invite them into your home, share a meal, share a cup of coffee. Oftentimes I joke that coffee is, is God's way of, of allowing us to spend time together. And it's true. Sitting down and spending 15 minutes or a half an hour with someone you don't know, such a good thing. So brothers and sisters, as a church of Jesus Christ, don't grow weary in doing good. Connect with those around here who are bringing in immigrants into your area. One of the things we're doing, we have a, uh, across the road from the Living Water Church, we have a whole hotel that government's putting up, people from around the world. It's so amazing, they're beginning to come into our church. We have uh, two Venezuelan families coming to our church for a couple of, couple, last couple of weeks. Amazing. Remember what Mark 9:41 says, Whoever gives a cup of water to drink will by no means lose his reward. 
Remember what Matthew 25 says. Whoever has done it to the least of these, my brothers, has done it to me. Brothers and sisters, may the church of Jesus Christ be found faithful in showing hospitality, in loving strangers all around us. May we use our time and resources in our homes to show the love that he has shown to us. Remember that you will be blessed richly when you do so. May each one of us be found faithful to live our lives in this way. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, we praise you. Lord, for these few verses that we have seen this afternoon, Father, we pray that we would truly be those who love strangers. And Father, we confess this afternoon that this doesn't come easily to us. We tend to love ourselves. We tend to love those who are like us. We tend to love our extended families more than strangers. Lord, help us to show love to our families. We know that's where it begins. Help us to show love to our church, Lord, that this brotherly love would continue to grow in our midst. But Father, help us not to neglect this very important calling. Lord, help us to see all of the many, many people around us, Lord, who are lonely, who are discouraged, who are depressed, perhaps. And Father, may we have the ability to reach them with your love, with your compassion. Father, what a joy it is, Lord, to have true hope. Lord, may your hope be extended through us. Lord, through us as families, as adults, as young people. Lord, as children. Lord, may we see the opportunities that you have given to us, Lord, to be a blessing and then to be blessed ourselves. We thank you, we praise you for these things, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.